0: I guess the old saying is uh, like ships passing in the night. Uh, This is not just at Iowa. Again, this is just about everywhere in college football. Comings and goings. And uh, we will discuss them here at uh, Hawkeyes Live right here at the Voice of College Football. We appreciate everybody being here. You know the drill. We will discuss between Corey and I, Iowa football, but you ultimately produce the show. So leave those comments and questions and um, consider contributing to the channel as well right here at the Voice of College Football. The guy that makes it work each and every week for us on Tuesday is Corey Brada from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Get on over there to hawk the Hawkeye. The from, Hawkeye. The,
1: from, the, from the from from the Hawkeye the-
0: of, the <laughs> of the Storm. It's been a long time since I've messed that up. Give me that much credit. I've I got people mess it my, up
1: every week. I've got people in my family that call it Hawkeye of the Storm, so it's fine.
0: From uh, the I Hawkeye was, of the Storm. I, I, I used to mess to it up every week. And now it's been quite a long time since I've, I I've screwed it up, but You've there we go. It, just, just never say voice of college football. It is the voice of college football. So. Yeah.
1: Yes. I think I'd pretty much do that. Right. <laughs> by the way, uh, people need to get to your channel here because uh, bowl season is an exciting time. And I know as an Iowa fan, I just launched a, a, another bowl mania group. So hopefully Mark, I can, well, I don't know. Are you willing to submit your picks on my, uh, Bowl Mania group.
0: I used to take part in a lot of different uh, different pools, and um, there's been a few recently that I've um, opted out of. I think that's the term for the season. I opted out of some already, so okay. I don't want to guarantee anything necessarily. I guess I could just fill it out and be done with it. Sure. Yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> finagle you a little bit, but anyway. So uh, I'm excited about that.
1: We have bowls starting Friday. Right, we got a morning yeah. game on Friday, so uh, kind of a slow time for Iowa basketball. The Hawks uh, losing Sunday to Wisconsin, dramatic fashion. Um, they get like five days off. You have two uh, really, me- I shouldn't say meaningless games, but uh, games that Iowa should dominate in a row, and then you have like seven or eight days off. So this is bowl season, Mark. This is what I enjoy. Basketball kind of takes a-, a back seat, and uh, you get one more hurrah, one more, uh string of games and we're back into the off season again so uh as people know lots of activity still on the transfer portal it's going to be an active off season the questions will start to come up in january about staff changes i know some people still believe that there could be some staff changes i'm not going to close the door on that notion because i think a lot depends on what happens this month in the portal i really do believe that um but uh regardless just a busy time and uh just want to say first of all i mentioned it on my channel earlier um i you know i'm not incredibly familiar with with mike leach i mean i know who mike leach is and and certainly his career and his quirkiness has been well documented but he he is a um i don't want to call would you call him a legend a college football legend mark he's a an icon in the sport no doubt um i just want to express my condolences to his family i know everybody's doing that and it you know stuff i mean'm sure my words aren't going to get back to his family but just a just absolutely tragic time and uh you know you don't know a person like that but you you know of the person you know you you followed their career and you know who they are and you think about their family mm-hmm. and how sudden this whole thing went down it's just heartbreaking so uh condolences to everybody the whole team his family everyone involved friends just a, a very very difficult time it shows you how fragile life
0: um really is yeah life is fragile life is precious and um uh, i don't want to belabor the point and and, in honor uh mike leach anymore in regards to this show but i'll let people know that uh, certainly when the news came down of mike leach's um, medical situation and then later his death today uh you can go and check out um my thoughts and uh we took calls uh, on both occasions, so the last couple live streams there at the Voice of College Football on the main channel, uh, my thoughts on Mike Leach, and I was also going to prepare, since much of what I had to say about just was was more of him as a human being, uh, was in, in the process of preparing some perspective on his football achievements and uh, legacy as we move forward, as it pertains specifically to the passing game. Um, so yes. Um, Quick tragedy. Things can happen very quickly. Again, he of course had health issues, but uh, they weren't much publicized. And you know, he was coaching football on the practice field on a Saturday, and attending a Christmas party on Saturday night, and then Sunday morning had to be life flighted and uh, had the massive heart attack. And here we are on a Tuesday morning. He's gone. So again, yes. for the record.
1: He has had heart issues in the past. He's had issues, yeah. health issues in the past. So, he was not in great health. But it's sad nonetheless. So, um, anyways, we, we can certainly talk football. I mean, as, as sad as that is, that we we transition from Mike Leach to football. Um, you know, he was a guy. He he was a guy who was so influential on in the sport, and uh, his air raid attack changed the sport. Um, and and I wonder you know, again, trying to segue in a kind of an uncomfortable fashion here. Cade McNamara was on a podcast here the other day, Mark, where he talked about how Iowa has told him how the plan is to rely more on the passing game. And I don't know if you saw the quote, but he was quoted as saying, please keep saying that often, that Iowa's offense is crap. Please keep saying that Iowa's offense is the worst in the country. I, like, I'm begging you to keep saying that. In other words, he's he's kind of implying that you know, he's going to prove all the doubters wrong. They're going to prove all the doubters wrong, which is great. Like, that's – I know there's a portion of the fan base that probably gets really revved up behind comments like that. I'm not one of those people because I recognize, it's as Steve Dace would say, it's oftentimes still about the Jimmys and the Joes, right, Mark? I mean, that's – can we agree on that? And right now, they've lost some Jimmys and Joes, and besides Cade McNamara, I haven't really – gained anybody they lose Keegan Johnson he committed to Kansas State Sunday Justin Jacobs I know he's on defense but was projected to be a starting linebacker he moves on to Oregon those are two high major programs Mark two teams that both correct me if I'm both of those teams made their conference championship games um this season correct yes so you know those are pretty anybody who wants to say well you know Keegan Johnson won that good or you know not a big loss well the fact that Kansas State and Oregon are taking these guys proves that those are,
0: are major losses. Yeah. So uh in July, Oregon did not make the conference championship game. I kind of lost track of where we were on this. But yeah, Keegan Johnson, Kansas State, yes.
1: who uh, made the Oregon. conference
0: championship who made the Pac-Twelve uh, championship game? Utah USC.
1: Utah. Okay. Utah. So but my point is uh those are two excellent pro I mean those are arguably two top twenty, sure. top fifteen programs right now in, in in this era. I don't know where they're ranked, but um Kansas State kind of certainly on the upswing and and they've got a a really solid future I was informed by a couple of Kansas State fans yesterday and today Mark that uh, I know nothing about the Wildcats which is very much true I don't care to know anything about the Wildcats what I can tell you is that Keegan Johnson's going to a conference that does rely more on the passing game and he's got an opportunity to show off his skill set um so I, I'm happy for Keegan, and we'll see if Arlen Bruce – and other were rumors about Arlen Bruce to Kansas State. We'll see if he follows suit. So it'll be a – you know, I think probably a good change for, for Keegan.
0: Send those Kansas State fans to my channel. <laughs> I, I know will. you just sent them away, but – Oh, uh, yeah, I just, told to them, my so channel. I just told them him have a nice day. My one fair warning for Kate McNamara, and I have great respect for Kate McNamara, this really has nothing to do with him because he's going to show up and he's going to put in the work. He's going to be a leader. He's going to make the right decisions on the field. He's going to be a capable quarterback and a top three to five quarterback in the Big Ten. Uh, For anyone out there, and I think fans sometimes believe that just throwing the football more is going to magically make your problems on offense disappear, that it's all about just how much you throw the ball. I, I don't know how many fans call on a regular basis, and they just want their teams to throw the ball more. Just throw the ball more like that's a magic cure. Um, I would ask anyone to go to uh, team statistics on offense for any season. Start with this season and go to the teams that throw the ball most, the teams that run the ball most. It is not a magic cure just because you throw the ball a lot that you're going to amass yardage and points.
1: Yeah, That's just my statement. And, Mark, here's the deal. Um, as it relates to Iowa, the comment from Cade McNamara that was planning on going more pass-heavy, that's all fine and you know might tickle the ears of Hawkeye fans out there that have wanted that for some time. But the reality is, my opinion may mean nothing to people who are watching, but my opinion is that I do not trust Brian Ferentz to be the guy to lead those changes. So even if those changes are what Iowa needs, and I think there's reason to think that Iowa does need to, I'm not saying you go spread, but you know, figure out a way to obviously you got passing game's got to get better, wide receiver involvement has to get better. We know all that, but do we really trust Brian Ferentz to be the guy on that mark? What re you know these people out here who say, give him one more year with these changes? Why? <laughs> I just don't. What has he proven as it relates to the passing game? i give him this. He was successful in New England with Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. But believe you me, Mark, those two guys, as you know, were generational players in the NFL at their uh, positions. So, and was obviously has done very well with Sam Laporta at tight end. Um, Brian and Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, those guys played in the Brian Ferentz era. So, Brian has been blessed with really good tight ends here. You got to give him some credit for that, developing these guys. But, uh, you know, the proof will be in the pudding too with this transfer portal. Because we all got excited about Cade McNamara committing here. But since then, Mark, it's been pretty quiet, obviously. I mean, as far as a lot of... Uh, we, we know uh, the kid from um, Hillsdale College, Isaac Tesla. He is really starting to make... He's really starting to reel in those offers. So he's got offers from Oklahoma State, Houston, Baylor. Miami offered him yesterday. So he is, I believe, he's visiting Iowa this weekend, or did he? Di- no, I believe he just visited Iowa this past weekend. I'm getting Seth Anderson and Tesla confused. So uh, Tesla visited Iowa this past weekend. That's great. Iowa got on him in on him early, got their foot in the door. That might help. However, Mark, you know the pull of a high-powered offense like Baylor, and the allure of a Miami, is is hard to overcome from a recruiting perspective. So. If you're an Iowa fan, you hope they can reel in Isaac Tesla. That'd be a huge one, big-time get. Um, Seth Anderson from Charleston Southern hasn't reeled in the high-end uh, high, high end offers that maybe a Tesla has, um, but he is a kid that Iowa has really gone after hard. He was a Big South Player of the Year uh, down in Charleston this past season. Um, Kirk Ferentz and Kelton Copeland were both down visiting him here a couple of days ago. So they're making a hard push for both of those guys. I can tell you this Corey Croom's Western Michigan wide receiver transfer was somebody Iowa was looking at and recruiting. He has since committed to Minnesota. So he's off the board. Um Trayshawn Holden, the athletic kid from Alabama that every Hawkeye fan out there thought we were gonna get because of all these rumors and rumblings. And then we were told, well, never mind, Iowa found some baggage and they're passing on Holden. Well. He's going to Oregon. so whatever baggage it was, Mark didn't hold Oregon back. <laughs> I, I, and somebody said, well somebody said this to me today. what could it be that Oregon just has lower academic standards? Yeah to an did ex- I, you know I was doing some research today that might be true to an extent, but I don't think it's real significant um, if you look at how those two schools match up academically um, with the national rankings. That are out there, they're pretty comparable. So I don't know. May- maybe, maybe they were academics. Maybe it was something else. But whatever the baggage was, quote unquote baggage, that Iowa allegedly moved on from Holden as a result of, uh, that wasn't enough to hold Oregon back. So Iowa loses Justin Jacobs to Oregon. Oregon also gets Trayshawn Holden. I'd say they're doing pretty good in the portal, <laughs> just based on those two additions. Um, and I understand that there's Oregon, you know, the Oregon allure and Nike. And I'm sure they've got more um, NIL funding than Iowa does overall. I'm sure that's the case. But the bottom line is they lost Crooms. Holden didn't work out. Keegan Johnson's officially gone. They have not landed anybody. All right. At wide receiver, nobody. And it looks like Bruce is probably going to leave. Although he has not committed anywhere yet. He's got time. But um, yeah, I mean, Seth Anderson, Isaac Tesla are the two guys you're you're looking at. I did see the kid from North Carolina State enter today, Mark. Maybe you know who I'm talking about, Devin Carter. Devin Carter, and he had he's 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 a tremendous player. So he's a guy that I said right away I would I'd be looking at him. And I don't know if they can pull him away from NC State, but Mark, is that you're nodding your head? That's accurate. Going
0: to pull him away from NC State if he's entering the transfer portal. He's uh, in the portal. I don't know that anyone. Yeah, I saw him in the portal earlier today, and I've seen him play enough to know that he's a really good player. He's going yeah. to be playing in the NFL. Um, I would like somebody to run the numbers to say uh, to let us know how many of these players go back to their original schools. It has to be in these single digits in terms of percentage. Has to be. Yeah. It's not, it, very few go back to their original schools. So oh, he's going see, somewhere.
1: I did see Austin Reed. Opted back into Western Kentucky. And and he was a kid last year, Mark. And I don't know how many, you know, it was Austin. Reed, did he, Austin Reed go into the portal and then not get any attention from anyone in the power five that could be, but he was at the what, division two II, division three level last year. And I remember saying, eh, you might want to look at this kid.
0: And uh, he had quite the season for the Hilltoppers. So um, anyways, you're, uh, you're doing a better job of keeping track of this transfer portal than I am, but this is my approach to the transfer portal. So, first of all, everyone, head on over to from the Hawkeye of the Storm. I got it right. From the Hawkeye of the Storm, head on over there because Corey is not just telling you and giving evaluations on Iowa's losses, but candidates that could be or should be headed to Iowa. What I've done, because there are just too many players to keep track of, is I'm just waiting for them to land. Once they land somewhere, I'm producing videos and letting people know, okay, here's an addition to Florida State, Jaheim Bell, tight end from South Carolina, tremendous addition. There you go. This is who he is, and uh, I'm just waiting for these players to land. I'm not chasing them around all over the place through the transfer portal. But you're doing oh, a great do job of that.
1: Most of my channel, people who want to follow the transfer portal stuff, and if you care about, you know, me relaying this information on, follow me on Twitter at from the Hawkeye because I'm not actively posting video content on on target potential targets. Mark, there's just been too much going on. I mean, you'd post a video or two every day based on just what happens with Iowa in the transfer portal. You know, I mean, these last two days, you've had Justin Jacobs committing, Keegan Johnson committing. Today, we got news that Iowa safety Dallas Cradith would be entering the portal. Um, kid that I really admire has stuck around here for five years, Mark. He was a four-star kid out of high school, had offers from Wisconsin to Michigan State to uh, Mizzou. I mean, all over the place. And he opted old Ole Miss, he opted to stay here get his degree and is now looking for a, a home for one year, really respect a kid like Dallas Kratos So yeah, there's just been news consistently. And the other kid that, uh, I was going to mention is, uh, Aaron Anderson. You know who Aaron Anderson is right? Number four, wide receiver in the 22 class, according to on three, he is now in the portal. Um, so, you know, He's an Alabama kid. I mean, you probably should look at every Alabama receiver that enters. <laughs> I mean, I think that's probably fair, Mark, right? <laughs> I don't know if you're going to be able to pull these guys in, but l- look at them. I-, I mean, if we're putting all our chips on Anderson and-, and Tesla, even if, like, first of all, I'm bought into Tesla. Like, do I have tons of confidence that Iowa knows how to evaluate receivers No, not tons of confidence. Although I give Kelton Copeland credit for identifying Keegan Johnson, Bruce, those guys were four stars. I don't know if it takes a rocket scientist to do that, but he also identified Charlie Jones from Buffalo. They obviously don't know how to utilize some of these guys, but they know how to identify talent. But when you see Miami offering, when you see, uh, you know, Josh, first of all, Josh Gaddis is the OC of Miami. He's a wide receivers coach. That obviously isn't a flying endorsement for Isaac Tesla. And then got teams like my uh, Baylor, Oklahoma state that have high powered offenses. My point being I'm bought into Isaac Tesla, I put huge numbers up at division two level. Seth Anderson, maybe a little bit of a, a roll of the dice, but was very successful. His father was an NFL. I believe his father was an NFL receiver. Um, so, but I mean, again, you, you're, you're still putting your chips on a division two guy and an FCS guy to replace two, four previous, previously four-star recruits in Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce. And then if you don't get, what happens if you don't get Tesla, say Tesla commits to Gattis at Miami and Seth Anderson finds a new home. I I don't know who they're on. I don't know who they're in on. If you lost Crooms, you're not on hold anymore. You lost those two guys. Another guy that I was told that Iowa had had on their big board was Theo Weiss from uh, Oklahoma. He committed to Mizzou the other day. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're looking at other guys. But my point is, you, you don't have guys, love Mark. We, you, they don't have scholarship players. The, they're obviously going to have. They're going to get people. I'm not doubting that they will get people. But there's a pecking order here, and I have to think that if they struggle to get players in the portal, specifically on offense, that will be reason. Even if it's not currently in in the works or part of the plan, that will give it, Kirk Ferentz at least reason to maybe think harder about we have to make a change as it relates to coaching staff changes because that's that don't tell don't you're not going to convince me mark that the coaching staff and brian ferentz could be contributing to guys leaving at that position at the wide receiver position and so far i was inability to get guys to transfer in at that position
0: the evaluation process and the acquisition of talent through the transfer portal. I'm not saying that it's easy, but I got to think that the checklist for the evaluation is is fairly easy. So if you've got a guy like, let's say, wide receiver Dominic Lovett from Missouri, he was the third leading receiver in the SEC. Yeah. Check. You, you yes. don't need to know anything else. Yep. Third leading receiver in the SEC. Why don't you go after him? Okay. Uh, for some other players, I got to think in addition to Uh, let's say an FCS player, you you obviously can't go by statistics. You need to evaluate the player against the competition and make an evaluation. You need to look into the background because there is baggage with some of these uh, players, whether that be off-the-field baggage, academic baggage, or injuries. Yes, injury injury baggage. There you go. Um, I would also think that uh, these coaches would talk to each other You know they're in competition to a certain extent, but across conferences and across the country, where there's little connection, that you would rely on certain people that you trust and their evaluation of players within that conference. Perfect example
1: would be the uh, Trayshawn Holden situation. I I find it a little bit odd. I'm not. I know those report multiple Iowa media members reported that. I don't have any connections to Trayshawn Holden uh, or Cade McNamara or the Alabama program. And I, so I'm not, and I'm not doubting those media members who reported that. Um, one of those media members also happened to predict that Iowa was landing Holden, and then backtracked as soon as this report came out. So that's beside the fact. But my point is, I do find it a little peculiar that Iowa was apparently in on Holden before he before he officially entered the portal. Before that portal window officially opened, right? And when you say in on the on the kid, well, the report was that Cade McNamara had contacted him and that once the portal window was open, Iowa would make official contact with Holden. But, Mark, wouldn't you think that if that was the case, if those things were going on before that portal window opened, wouldn't you think Kirk Ferentz would give Nick Saban a call, given the fact that those two guys respect each other, they've coached together? Uh, you, you know that Kirk Ferentz has... Nick Saban's phone number. Um, Wouldn't you think that he would have called Saban probably before that window opened and gotten word of this baggage prior? I don't think it would have taken a week for us to figure out that Holden had baggage that would be too much for Iowa to, you know, undertake. I I don't know. I just I I I don't know. You know, these I don't buy everything that's out there, and that's just an
0: odd one to me. And. Maybe I'm stating this incorrectly, but just based on appearances and reputation and so forth of this program and this head coach, and this is generally a compliment, um, that baggage component is weighed more heavily at Iowa maybe than some other places.
1: Yeah, and that's why I'm not saying that that's an incorrect sentiment. The the Oregon thing, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Oregon was willing to overlook some baggage and Iowa was not yeah that makes sense um but at the same time you know i i i doubt that oregon's bringing in guys who are going to erode chemistry and i mean that's just too reputable of a program to think that they're just going to bring in a bunch of you know parasites that that cause issues you know for for chemistry in the locker room and whatnot so We'll we'll see. I saw that the comment here from hair trigger that, uh, a year Asante, I did see that, that, uh, Tyler Barnes, I was a recruiting coordinator. Did follow him today. Um, I don't know anything about him other than I looked at his stats and he was, he was okay at Holy cross, but I mean, we're talking about Holy cross football, Mark. I mean, do you know much about Holy cross football? Do you ever do a post game show for, you have a, do you have a Holy cross at the
0: voice of college football? It's on the short list of candidates. Of course, it's uh, probably going to beat, uh, Beat Minnesota and Illinois to the punch. Yes, of course. Okay, so um, um, in 2022, according to the Holy Cross website, he had 20
1: receptions for 448 yards and five touchdowns. So those are uh, those are pretty – I mean, could we agree that 448 yards for the whole season in how many games was this? Um, this was 12 games. 448 yards in 12 games. I mean, without looking at tape of this guy, it's okay. <laughs> but, but does that scream power five star? I mean, does that, is that what that screams, Mark?
0: Maybe he's playing with the Iowa offense of the FCS, and he's the next hey. Charlie Jones. Hey, there you go. Yeah, we don't know, but by the statistics, no, it's not like he's a 100-catch guy at that level, and wow, we got to check this guy out. The statistics are underwhelming.
1: Yeah. So, but anyways, um we're we're going to get good news. The Eric All question I keep having people ask me, well, why hasn't Eric All committed? Well, Eric All is probably being pursued by teams not named Iowa. <laughs> like, Absolutely. My guess is that he will still commit. That's my guess. I think the Cade, the Iowa's Iowa's got two huge things going for them right now in the Eric All sweepstakes. One is Cade McNamara. Very simple, right? His relationship with Cade McNamara is is tremendous. Actually, I'd say three things are going for them. The Cade McNamara connection. Two, they got him on campus, got him to the Iowa State basketball game. That's huge. Uh, and then the third thing would be Iowa's history. <laughs> Won that game, Mark. Third okay. thing would okay. be Iowa's history in producing tight ends. Yes. And, and sending tight ends to the NFL. I don't think Eric All necessarily needs them. I mean, he was already a, a pro prospect. But those three things are going for Iowa. So I would not be surprised with Sam Laporta leaving if they get Eric all that'd be probably my prediction at this point but my point is there are other uh, likely other schools courting Eric all who's one of the top tight ends in the portal right now I know where he ranks Uh, in fact let's be a good question mark where do you think Eric all ranks right now in the 247 sports transfer
0: portal tight end rankings right now tight end rankings I can't imagine that there's a tight end ranked ahead of him are we talking about uh, if Jaheem Bell of uh, South Carolina is listed as a tight end, which he may or may not be, um, I can't think of anybody that's better than he is. Well, Jaheem Bell committed to Florida State, correct? Yes. Okay, so, so you're right. Yeah. Ja- Jaheem Bell
1: is ahead of Eric All. That's the only guy. According to 247 Sports. So is he, I'm right there player.
0: with 247. See? Yeah. They, they, um, they've been watching
1: me. Um, yeah. Okay kid Rivaldo Fairweather who's number 3 from Florida International.
0: So uh well, one awesome. one thing I'll say about um a similar situation last year between quarterback and playmaker that that were on the same team and then moving on was that Caleb Williams left for USC and it was assumed that Mario Williams, one of the best wide receivers in the country from Oklahoma would would they were just a tandem because Mario Williams, the wide receiver, entered the portal at the same time as Caleb Williams, and he didn't make that commitment for a month. It was a long time before, and then he finally went to USC. So, yes, Eric Hall, if he's a smart individual, which we can assume that he is, is going to weigh his options and talk with other coaches and maybe make other visits. But uh, i got to think that I was in a great position there.
1: Yeah, I agree. And Ernest Housman was another guy that was so... It was uh, all McNamara and uh, Hausman that were at that Iowa State game. So they're in on Ernest Hausman, I'm sure, partially because of the J- Justin Jacobs' departure. They knew that was coming. So uh, I don't know where Hausman – I haven't been following. I think I follow Hausman on Twitter, but I don't know where he's at right now with, with offers. But again, I mean, these guys are getting – Hausman is a terrific young prospect. From everything I've heard from Nebraska, I mean, he's a bright spot on the have a poor defense he's a young guy I mean he's got several years he's got I think four years does he have four years I played more than four games so he's got three years technically four to play three so uh but obviously the need is on is on offense that that goes without saying I'm not breaking any news with that the the need is on offense the need is specifically with with wide receivers and if Cade McNamara comes into this next year and I, I again they'll get somebody but if he goes into this next year with his top targets being Deontay Vines, uh, Nico Regani, if he comes back, and Brody Brecht, I- I'm not going to be very confident in, you know, Iowa making a big jump, even though I do believe a quarterback can help Iowa to make a significant jump. Not as high as it could make with a change in play caller and-, and OC, but I do believe it, it would cause Iowa to, to take a jump. But if you don't have a guy like tesla or you don't have somebody from the portal that, that gives you immediate playmaking ability i i don't have a whole lot of confidence in changes being drastic i also don't know if iowa going after any linemen specifically um i know of at least one lineman that was planning on entering the portal and i've been told was convinced to stay by george barnett um so that's i guess good on george barnett for helping that to occur. I know of another, I won't say who, but I know of another offensive player who had been planning on entering the portal. And I've been, since been told that his mom told him, uh, -uh, you're not going anywhere. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I guess that's good on mom for, for helping Iowa to recruit. Um, so, you know, those are, those are positive. There's some positive things that have gone on behind the scenes. I don't know if anybody else is going into the portal here soon. Um, but you know, it's always possible and, and the portal windows open for quite a while longer. So we, we're only a week. You realize it's only been open a week. It's transfer portal stuff's been going on for eight days now. So uh, there's a, there's still more coming and hopefully positive news.
0: And I believe it's a seven week. I'm sorry. I believe it's a five week process for 35 days. I believe that's the time timeframe. Uh, everyone. We love football. You love Iowa football. We also love our country and know that uh, we've had tough economic times and difficulties here in the last few years. So you can both help yourself and others by partnering with uh, our partner, Gene Arthur Associates, right here at the Voice of College Football. Go to www.jaainsurance.com. Get your instant quote on home, auto, motorcycle, boat, RV, and so many insurance types. We could list them forever. Health, dental, and crime. Cyber bonds, all sorts of things are covered. We have dropped the uh, link in the chat several times. Go there for your instant quote. Why not save on insurance and also help those um, families that um, are supported by Gene Arthur Associates? So please give them a look. Um, Corey, I will say this because my mind's going in about 18 directions of no particular, like, long conversations but just a few notes here one would be that uh just to finish my my point on throwing the ball versus running the ball and people fans in particular being pass happy thinking that that's a cure for offensive woes ohio state and tennessee are the two highest scoring offenses in college football guess how much out of 131 teams they throw the ball on average per game
1: like percentage of plays or
0: number of attempted throws per game where they rank out of 131 teams
1: the the best offenses i think are typically 60 40 run so i would guess that they're in the vicinity of 30 throws
0: a game well in terms of ranking uh, tennessee throws the ball 60th in the country in pass attempts per game They have the highest scoring offense in the country. They're 60th in pass attempts. Ohio State's number two in scoring. They're 72nd in pass attempts per game.
1: Yeah, people have to realize that, yeah, you're exactly right. People have to realize when you're talking about uh, passing the ball more, um, when you get ahead, the best offenses get ahead and then run the ball. So that's an aspect of it, and the best offenses, regardless if you're a, a spread or if you're spread or not the best offense is like ohio state run establish the run just like iowa they're effective well just like iowa wants to be effective on play action um and, but see the, the point is mark iowa doesn't have has not had the bodies the personnel collectively whether it be up front at wide receiver at quarterback to be able to take advantage of play action okay so even when the run game has been okay First of all, they don't they don't know how to take advantage of waist downs. I don't know that Brian Ferrens knows what a waist down is. I looked at a stat earlier that said that Iowa had, I think, like twenty some waist downs this year, which is such a small number when you think about it. It's such a they didn't take they didn't try to take a shot on one true waist down mark. They ran the ball every single time. When I say a waist down, for people who don't know what a waist down is, we're talking about second and one, second and two that's typically what you classify as a waste down because you should be able to get a waste down because you should be able to get one or two yards on third down if you take a shot on second uh, or if you're going if you know you're going for it on fourth down third and one's a waste down and if you go back and look at every true waste down you could argue Iowa did not take a shot not to try to take advantage of a single waste down all year that that is not a, that that's got nothing to do with personnel i don't believe that has anything to do with personnel that's just a lack of that's a lack of aptitude as it relates to play calling. And, you know, that's the problem with, with saying, well, we're going to go more pass heavy. Okay. You still have to have a guy who understands what calls to make at the right time, when to attack, when not to attack to your point, Mark, you you can't just say, well, we're going to, Iowa does not have the personnel to go. Well, fittingly, they they don't have a personnel to go Mike Leach. So, that's not going to happen, and until you have a guy who's understands a passing offense, I, I just don't have a lot of confidence in things changing that drastically.
0: And I know from hearing some people's response to waist downs that they look at it as though, okay, well, on second and one, we ran the ball and got three yards and got a first down. So what's wrong with that? That's successful. We just got a first down. I get your point. You kept the ball, but you now have a first down It's your own 28-yard line. Okay, fine. Um, But it's been proven that effective offenses need to be explosive at some degree. They have to be explosive. It is almost impossible to – it is generally impossible to consistently mount offense that relies on 12 and 15 play drives for the length of the field. You just – There are too many negative plays made by the defense, too many chances you turn the ball over, too many chances at a penalty, that you need explosive plays to make scoring easy at times. It doesn't always have to be a grind. And it shouldn't be a grind a great percentage of the time if you're going to be an effective high-scoring offense.
1: And I know this is stating the obvious for most avid football fans, but any coach in the country would say, any coach that knows what they're talking about, would tell you that they would much rather second and one than first and 10. It's not yes. even close. Obviously second and one is a gift. <laughs> we don't treat it as a gift here. We, we treat it as an opportunity to pick up a first down to get a three yard <laughs> carry. And, and at some point you can build I, That's not to say you're going to take a shot down the field on every second and one. It's all about tendencies and then breaking tendencies. Iowa doesn't understand that. Iowa's tendencies is called predictability. That's what it is. It never changes. It's it's the same thing over and over again. Like I say, beating your head against a wall, expecting a different result. You know, so I, whenever I saw Iowa run for a first down on second and one, I is the worst. To me, it's the it's the epitome of Iowa's issues: not understanding time and place, not understanding when to attack or how to attack. So, you know, give Iowa the playmakers. Charlie Jones was here last year. Didn't change anything. So, uh, again, I go back to being negative Nancy on this, but the, the one piece of hope that I have is that if Iowa struggles to get playmakers, that that will kind of force the hand of Kirk Ferentz to make a change. Although I don't know if Brian Ferentz doesn't have a job lined up right now in the league, is he going to be able to get a job on short notice? You know, like if we get to the end of December in the bowl game and they haven't landed anybody in the portal at wide receiver, anybody that's a, a major factor moving forward what are they going to do with Brian? Uh, You know, that's a big question, Mark. So, you know, I was having the same conversation we had three weeks ago, but uh,
0: it is what it is, Mark. Didn't you ask me my percentage chance that Brian Ferentz is going to be the offensive coordinator next year? Did you ask me that or was that somebody else? Yeah, I think I did. I don't remember what my response is, but I would like your response. At this point?
1: Yeah. Fans are going to like this. This if, if you had asked me during the season, with totally different response. But at this point, December 13th, based on what I've been told and what I know and what you see going on, I would say there's about a 75% chance he's back next year as the OC. And I hate to say that, wow. but that's based on what I see. Now, again, if Iowa fails to recruit receivers and get guys on here, if, if they just keep swinging and missing, then that percentage chance goes down. But, uh, I would think that if you're going to make a move, you'd have that plan. And it'd be hard to – I just can't imagine that Kirk proceeds business as – completely business as normal between now and the bowl game. Like, to me, there's got to be – it would have to be some indicators. Like, I, I can tell you with a certainty that – I won't say who, but certain players who have left Iowa, who are leaving Iowa from the offensive side of the ball, have been given no indication that that there's any going to be any changes on offense as far as it relates to the staff. So take that for what you will. That 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 is that is an indication to me. That, that that's part of the reason why I would give the 75% because you would think if you value these guys who are leaving and if I was smart you're valuing the guys who are leaving. In fact, I know that they've been re-recruiting these guys, trying to re-recruit these guys. You would make known to them, "Hey, hey, 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 if part of the problem is the, the play caller or you know, the scheme or whatever, we're, we're going to bring in a guy who's going to change that." But that's that. my, to my knowledge, that has not been stated to oh, these guys who have left.
0: Which leads me to wonder why Cade McNamara made what on the surface seems to be such a quick decision. Okay. Money. Money. All right.
1: guess what it is. I mean, we, he can say all he wants about how, you know, this offense is going to be great. What, what other reason would he, it's been, it's been widely publicized. Iowa's, Iowa has not ran away from this fact because they've used this as an initiative to get more people signed up to donate towards the collective. So they want more people donating to be able to get more players. So it's it's basically been stated, hey, NIL was a big factor with Cade McNamara. Now, there are other reasons why a quarterback would want to play here, contrary to what a lot of fans would say. One being the defense is championship level. All right? The special teams unit has been chance- championship caliber for quite some time. So if you can build an offense around Cade McNamara, you got a chance to be a Big Ten championship-level team. But again there are also reasons to explore other opportunities and you're right he committed to iowa quickly and I, you know maybe when he wanted to compete against michigan or have a chance to compete against michigan in a big 10 title game in a year or two that's possible as well but i can't imagine picking a school based on that
0: they so, better hurry up for next season because 2024 is bringing a whole lot of changes to this conference
1: you're right yeah you're right so we basically were probably looking at a one-year outlook here but uh no, it sounds like NIL was a big factor with Cade. So I don't know how much you're able, how much money is able Iowa able to throw towards some of these receivers out there. You know, I'm guessing not as much as a Miami.
0: For anyone out there that's taking shots at the Big Ten, and I hear about it every day. Yes, the con- the conference was not at its best this past year, but believe me, Wisconsin will be back. They will be better. Nebraska will be better. USC and UCLA are coming. This is a stacked conference. Here's a few things that, uh, and I know people dismiss the bowl games. They don't care about the bowl games. And and you know better than I do what the temperature in the room is concerning this bowl game. But I do have a couple points to make about this. And we will discuss, of course, we've got two more shows before uh, we get to the Kentucky bowl game. Again, I didn't have proper enough time to communicate this last week. How ridiculous I believe it is that these two teams are playing for a second consecutive season nobody can explain to me except for these bowl games obviously act autonomously so they can select whomever they want within the guidelines of the the tier system but there should be some oversight to say this hurts college football in so many ways fans don't want to see the same team you know this is an opportunity for conferences to play and teams to play that never play and to line up the same two uniforms back-to-back seasons especially when i understand kentucky is playing one of their most important you know from a brand standpoint basketball games at the same time they're playing louisville in basketball at the same time as this game is being played it's just dumb just like you talked about the nebraska game for iowa being played at the same time as an iowa basketball game just
1: but that was you know that was Clemson on a neutral court a little bit different you're right kentucky louisville
0: is a total yeah it's different. like a cbs game
1: but Louisville's absolute garbage. But you know right. they garbage.
0: Boring. But this is on a yearly basis uh, one of Kentucky's biggest games. I also right. wanted to get to. I want to make make note of this. I'm going to release a video. I believe I'm going to release a video that's going to basically stack up my preseason predictions against what actually happened. I will state that uh, I had Iowa eight and four and five and four in the Big Ten. So,
1: so pretty close. Pretty close. Well, they ended up seven and five Mark.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting. They lost that Nebraska game. (laughs) Yeah. I was, was, yes, I was right on the conference record. That's what I was going to brag about the conference record. Shoot. They screwed me on the, uh, the final game. (laughs) My next question about the bowl game. That's so strange that that didn't even connect when I was going through the numbers that, Oh yeah, I missed it because they lost to Nebraska. Um, who's starting a quarterback in this bowl game for, <laughs> well, you for are Iowa.
1: Either Labus or
0: Carson May. Wow. That's going to be fascinating.
1: Petrus had surgery. Yeah. On the shoulder. Yeah. So, uh, okay. And I'll just say this too. I, I did find it interesting. I was a part of that zoom conference with Kirk here a couple of weeks ago and lead up to the bowl game. Yep. And he was asked about Spencer, Spencer Petras and his health. And and I think Spencer's probably moving on, but here's what gave me reason for pause. Kirk made a point of saying how Spencer would have been preparing for the NFL draft this spring. And so and hold on a second. Don't the, the
0: NFL draft.
1: In the words of Somebody's Jim Beheim. In, in the words of Jim Beheim, Mark, I do make jokes, but that's not a joke. Uh in the word in, in Kirk Ferrand's words. Spencer would have been preparing for the NFL draft. However, with the injury, that would be disrupted. He's, he's not going to be back by then. And, and that gave me, I just, I sat there and I thought, you know, I wonder. I, I don't think this will probably happen. I'd probably say it's an 80% chance that he's still gone. But it was almost like Kirk's way of slipping it in there of, well, you know, he, he wants a chance to, earn his spot in the nfl so his only way to do that is to stay here for his final year for that extra year that he has available so that he can prepare for the draft next year that that was what it sounded like to me i'm not saying that's going to happen i don't think it will but would you be shocked if they bring petrus back and petrus agrees to be the backup behind mcnamara which means he'd be one play away from being the starter again, one injury away from being the starter. <laughs> you laugh. Listen, you know that's a possibility, Mark. If he comes back, McNamara goes down, maybe that knee gives out. Oh, That knee goes out, and all of a sudden, Petrus is your starter again in 2023. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't have anything against Spencer, but that would be insane. I, I wouldn't be shocked if it happens. I, I don't think it'll happen, but I wouldn't be shocked.
0: we'll honor these uh we'll honor these super chats here thank you so much mad man videos super sticker contribution from you thank you so much and erica is here as well erica we appreciate you being here you know that no upside to our play caller please gently press the like button everyone yes thank you for doing that thank you for encouraging everyone erica to hit the like button And uh, subscribe both here, the Voice of College Football Iowa, but of course, get on over to From the Hawkeye of the Storm and uh, check out Corey's work. I, I, I just assume at this point that everybody that watches us here knows everything about you, watches every video you release is just completely locked in.
1: I hope so. I don't know that, that, you know, there are always a couple names that I don't recognize in their chat, but I uh, do appreciate everybody supporting the both channels. And I try to promote this channel as much as I can, Mark. And uh, I always enjoy these Tuesday afternoon shows. Usually I get I I, I come off of these shows thinking to myself, eh, probably shouldn't have said that <laughs> I, I, I end up saying that to myself a lot, Mark. I don't do that on my show, but I end up I don't know what it is about a Tuesday afternoon at 430. But I am saying something like, eh, probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs>
0: So so if people watch oh. both channels, they don't bring it up later. Don't blame me for bringing it out of you because I'm not exactly sitting here asking the tough questions. I just cut you loose and let you go.
1: That's the problem. Yeah, yeah you cut me yeah. loose. That's the I problem. do.
0: I figure I talk enough all week on all these other channels that uh, I want to hear from you. So... Before we leave, uh, I want to remind everyone that our sponsor is Gene Arthur Associates. So we have left the link in the live chat a number of times. So please get there for your instant quote. Why don't you want to save money? You might as well give it a shot. Uh, Check out Gene Arthur Associates and their their customer service is phenomenal. And again, they can save you money on any type of insurance uh, needs that you have. So again, the link is in the live chat also I wanted to, I don't know how much time you have, it's 631 Eastern, but uh, just wanted to make note that uh, this is high praise here, and it's well-earned that Jack Campbell was named uh, Consensus All-American, just Iowa's 29th all-time. And when I say just, I don't know where that ranks, but it's obviously a high honor when only 29 players in the history of the program have received a Consensus All-America status, 115 tackles, also, Kayvon Merriweather and Tory Taylor named to various All-American teams. Both those
1: guys. I'm happy for Kayvon. He got kind of snubbed on some some Big Ten awards, and obviously Jack Campbell is deserving. Kayvon Merriweather has paid his dues. I mentioned you pre, pre-show pre here. Kayvon was at the center of helping Iowa to kind of get back on track with the 2020 off, off-field issues and some of the allegations. So I'm happy for Kayvon. He's been a... a a worker, hard worker. He's got a great attitude, great young guy. And I'm assuming he's leaving. It sounds like he's leaving. He's indicated that. Um, I think he's got a chance of being a really good safety in the league, Mark. I mean, he he was a better basketball player in high school than he was a football player. He's kind of a late bloomer as it relates to football. I wouldn't be surprised to see him be a really successful safety in the league. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to both those guys. I think Tory Taylor was second-team All-American by uh, the Associated Press. Obviously, well-deserving. We don't know if he's coming back yet. I don't know. I mean, I don't know where there's a lot of good punters out there, Mark. And uh, he's he's like 26 years old, so I don't know what his his thinking is. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to those guys. And uh, they're going to miss Jack Campbell. I mean, with Seth, with uh, Justin Jacobs leaving, there's some voids there. We don't know about Seth Benson. They may lose all three of those guys. I mean, we know you're losing Jack Campbell and, and Justin Jacobs. I mean, we don't know yet with Seth Benson, but boy, they lose him then you really need, you better hope you can get Ernest Hausman or you better hope that Jay Higgins steps up or a Kyler Fisher or a Jaden Harrell. Um, It'll be interesting.
0: Punting is the one skill in football that is basically not dependent on anything else. You catch the snap, you punt. I would think if you've proven yourself to be the best punter in college football or certainly one of the best, we could argue him as the best, why don't you move on to the NFL? You're doing the same thing. You know, it's not like I got to run these routes better against better competition or, you know, I got to get stronger to take on defensive tackles in the NFL. It's I punt and I'm this good. I've got all these punts on tape. Thanks to the Iowa offense, I've got all this audition and resume work on tape. (laughs) I can punt in the NFL. Might as well leave. I don't know why you would stick around.
1: Well, I don't think Troy Taylor, uh, you know, he had his his poor moments he he struggled to get there was a stretch after ohio state for two or three games where he really struggled Hmm. i don't know if a part of it was health you know he got hit pretty hard in that fake punt where he tried you know tucked it and tried to run and got hit pretty hard um i don't know if he was suffering from an injury after that but that that might be a factor maybe he thinks he can put together 12 to 13 better games next year on tape but again you're not getting any younger punters can last a while in the league but uh that's a fair point. Mark, there's a, a couple questions. If I missed any that uh, that were in the chat, uh, I apologize. Can we do a couple of rapid fire questions before sure. we get off here? So Charles says, uh, Hey guys, question. Do you, uh, do you think it's more of a development issue or recruiting talent issue with Iowa players? Because when I watch you guys, besides the tight end room, there is no real playmakers. Um, well, I think it's a, I think it's a combination of both, right? Mark. You know, I've said this before, you don't get to 130th in total offense without having a number of issues. Play calling's an issue. Uh, development is an issue. Even court, I mean, we've talked about quarterback development. And, and Nate Stanley's best year was arguably was 2017. Um, you know, did Spencer Petras make big jumps, strides between 2020 and 2022? I, I sure didn't see any significant strides. Um, so obviously evaluating talent. How about this, Mark? And I'm gonna go off on a tangent because I know we've got to wrap up here. It's been well documented that Iowa took Spencer Petrus over Zach Wilson. But let's also not forget let, let's let's not forget who else they took in 2019. His name was Alex Padilla. Who was another quarterback in that class that happened to hail from the state of Iowa that Iowa missed on? And I can tell you with a certainty, had they recruited him harder, probably would have had a chance to get him. His name was Max Duggan. They took Alex Padilla over Max Duggan. So, you know, evaluating, recruiting, that's all a factor. And I don't know who who do you blame there, Mark. But from what I know, had Iowa made a harder push at Max Duggan, there was probably a – well, there was certainly a better chance they would have gotten him. I don't think they really – they did not really pursue him hard. And so, you know, it is what it is. is. That, that's my point. So, recruiting is an issue. Has been an issue at quarterback. Uh, I think you could say the same thing a wide receiver. They they have been struggling. They have been on the struggle bus for quite some time recruiting receivers. Um, I think rec- their recruitment of what, running backs has been pretty good. You know, minus the Kendrick Raphael decommitment they got during the season. Caleb Johnson's a you know he's got a chance to be a really good football player. He's already a really good football player. So, uh, you know, would you answer that question differently, Mark?
0: Well, yeah, I think your your summary statement of when you rank 130th in offense, there is not one problem, hits it perfectly. Uh, I am a bit perplexed by, and I know this doesn't address the the playmaking portion of this, but the offensive line not being as good as you would expect at Iowa, I'm a bit perplexed by that being um, Kirk's. Uh, wheelhouse and their ability to recruit both recruit and in the past develop great individual offensive linemen and as a unit not as recently so i'm surprised by that Uh, of course charlie jones is (laughs) the most recent um, and he is the poster boy for a guy that was underutilized and maybe he's learned something more about the his craft at wide receiver at purdue even
1: and just be clear, BQ t- Train says he went to school with Duggan and Max Duggan wasn't going to Iowa because he didn't think there was an, their offense was a fit. Well, I can tell you with, with certainty, Mark, on 100% authority that Iowa did not pursue him hard. So it wasn't just a matter that Duggan went somewhere else. It was also a matter of I think Duggan had reason to believe that Iowa wasn't really fully invested in, in getting him to come to Iowa. So I'm just adding that in there. Um, this next question um, from... Devin, will McNamara have two or three years left? He's got two left, Mark. I believe he could pursue a medical hardship waiver, which would give him three. Now, if you're doing the math there, that'd be seven years in college. So I doubt he's going to do that. My guess is that he's going to play one or two years here. He has a great year next year. Maybe he takes his shot at the league. I don't know that Cade McNamara is an NFL quarterback. Maybe he ends up being a backup in the league if he has a really exceptional year at Iowa. Guys have done that here. You know, Stansy was for a while you know, finding a way to, to hang in the league. Bethard has hung in the league, so I doubt he's going to be here for three more years. Um, Ari Gold, this, I'll let you answer this question, Mark. How does a coach manage team chemistry when every team, or excuse me, every year the team could be drastically changed?
0: Well, there's a difference in asking that question today than there was, let's say, three years ago because we're coming into an era of college football in which that seems to be a huge disadvantage and it is in trying to just piece together guys that have only been in the locker room for a few weeks into a cohesive unit and a, you know, from both from both the chemistry on the field that needs to develop to the chemistry of, you know, liking each other, having each other's backs, all those things that that form a team. But everybody's being challenged by that. So you're not necessarily at a disadvantage today that you would have been at a few years ago because everyone's facing the same challenges to varying degrees, yes. But Iowa's losses right now seem to be fairly standard. Although, as I pointed out last week, I thought they were slightly on the, the, the severe side of the concern meter because of the quality of players that were leaving. And just think about it, Mark, we're a little over a week into
1: the transfer portal and two of Iowa's entries have already found homes at Kansas State, who was in the Big 12 championship game. And I think unquestionably a top 15 Oregon program. So like compare that to last year. Iowa obviously had less attrition last year via the portal and their two best portal exits, if you will, were Tracy and Charlie Jones, who both went to Purdue. So Purdue, Purdue versus Kansas State, Oregon. And we're only a, a little over a week in. Deuce Hogan went to Kentucky, but he's a walk on. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I think that's a fair point. I agree with you on that. They've lost two really good players. I, I don't care what anybody says about Keegan Johnson. They've lost two really good players. Mark, would Kleiman uh, have offered Keegan Johnson if he didn't believe in Keegan Johnson? I, 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 <laughs> I would think
0: not. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Chris oh. Kleiman knows what he's doing.
1: Yeah. As does uh, what's his face? Uh, their OC, uh, Klein, so yeah. they know what they're doing. Um, and then final, finally, two questions here. Tony says, "What will the channel's schedule look like for pre-bowl stuff, or is that all still in the works? Still in the works on my end, Mark. I'm sure we're gonna have we're gonna have a you got a Kentucky guy. I'm guessing we're gonna have on the week of the game. Yes, sir. And then i I can tell you this, Tony. We'll have Coach Patterson on um my channel from the Hawkeye of the Storm for a uh, for a preview of that bowl game. and We'll preview it here on this channel. And then Casey is Hawkeye Hangout tomorrow. I don't have any plans for Hawkeye Hangout tomorrow. Mark, I had the Wednesday evening call-in show throughout the season, and now that we're into December, that's going to kind of be as an as needed to to be announced basis because it's a that's a th- th- tough. You know, I mean, you're doing call-in shows all the time, Mark, but um, that's hard to be. That's hard to do it every single Wednesday at 9 p.m. I can tell you Wednesdays are long days for me. So we'll, we'll keep doing those Hawkeye hangout shows, Casey, but uh, just stay tuned. And if you're following me on Twitter, that's where I make a lot of my announcements. But join the bowl. If you're interested in doing bowl mania and you want to compete against uh, myself and last year, Don Patterson filled out a, a bowl mania selection sheet. So if you're interested in doing that, uh, go on my channel. I posted the link on my channel, uh, also on my Twitter. So definitely be a part of that if you
0: can. All right, folks, uh, make it on back next uh, Tuesday at 4.30 Central. Bring a friend or two with you. How about that? That would help us a great deal. So we deliver the content, and uh, you bring a friend or two into the chat next Tuesday at 4.30 Central, and we will see you all then. If you want to follow some Nebraska football as well, we're on in about 20, 25 minutes on the Nebraska channel with Huskers Live as well. See you next week.